What does it mean Messiah matters? It means apart from him we can do nothing. It means he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua is the only way of salvation. He is everything. We have to have the Tanakh to know the Messiah. But we have to have the Messiah to know the Tanakh. Without Messiah, we have nothing. Basically, it's all about the Messiah. It's Wednesday. What is it? August 8th, 2018. This is Messiah Matters number 229. Feeling pretty lucky ever since the last night at 9 o'clock. My name is Caleb Hegg. You're so lucky. And with me, the guy who took a week off to go trounce through the uh, forest in Montana. Uh-huh. Rob Van Hoff, what up, buddy? Actually, only three days, but yeah. Felt like a week. Yeah, I don't even have my the right notes on me. I mean, I, we are all over the place today. It's just, it's been a it's been a morning struggle. We're 35 minutes late getting started. It's okay. It's okay. We're here. Um, I'm back from Ontario, and they get so here. You'll love this, Rob. So I get there, and I ask the first person that you know, Mr. McDonald, David. He picks us up. Great guy. He picks us up in Detroit, and we're driving three and a half hours to his house in Ontario. And I'm like, so border. You had to cross the border. Cross the border and everything. I said, uh, so you know, who's your team? Because I don't know if our, our listeners know this or not, but I'm, I'm quite a, a hockey enthusiast. I played hockey, love hockey. I, I, I usually try to follow the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League, and then I also follow the NHL. And um, so I, I say to David, I say, who's your favorite team? You know, thinking Ontario has to be Toronto. And he says, well, I'm not really a hockey fan. Okay. You know, I didn't know you were allowed to have Canadian citizenship and not be a hockey fan, but whatever. Yeah, isn't um, that a requirement? Right. And so then I get to, you know, we the next day we get to the, you know, to the, actually that night I asked, uh, there, was, uh, there was a gentleman with us, uh, Wayne was with us. I asked him, you know, uh, who his favorite hockey team was. He's like, yeah, I'm not really a hockey fan. Like, am I in the right place? You know, I thought I was coming to Canada. So then... Uh, I, I get to the, you know, we get to the venue the next day to their, to their synagogue, beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, ask the first person I see, you know, obviously, you know, now I'm jonesing for somebody to talk to about hockey. About hockey. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, who's your favorite <laughs> hockey team? Eh, not really a hockey fan. So of course, you know, once I get up and I start teaching, I, I basically say, this has been a huge disappointment. I'm a bigger hockey fan than anyone in, in here. What, you know, what's going on? And uh, then, of course, at the end, they, they had got us both hockey jerseys with the Toro Resource logo on it, which is was just perfect. And, of course, then yeah. once I said it from the pulpit, there was like five guys that walked up and were like, huge hockey fan. You know, we all reminisced of Ovechkin raising the cup and the tears that ran down from our eyes. Anyway, okay. So, yes, uh, the Ontario clan got me the uh, the jersey, and it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we got – and now I actually know, um, know people in the in the chat room, which is great. Uh, Paul Archer was there. He's, all, he's in the chat room a lot, which uh, it was really nice to meet Paul. Um, Helen McKay was there. She was – it was great to meet her. Um, now I, I had, I had interacted with somebody on, uh, on Facebook named Helen that I just assumed was the Helen that's in the chat room and it wasn't. And the Helen that was in the chat room was actually, uh, or the, the, yeah, the Helen in the chat room is like in her thirties and uh, the Helen I saw on, uh, on Facebook was like in her eighties. And so I, uh, when she, you know, when I met Helen, I, I, I think I'd actually figured it out before then, but that was kind of a. It was kind of a, a surprise as well. It's always interesting to meet people that you talk to face to, you know, like when you meet people over in, over the internet and you don't see their picture, you know, 
Right. So it's always interesting then to see them in person because you usually get a different idea of what what that person might look like and be like. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you everyone who's in the chat. We got twenty people in the chat room, which I'm happy that people hung hung out and waited for us. Thank you very much. How was your time in uh, trancing around the uh, the forest, man? It was great. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm getting ready to post a picture on our Facebook so All people right. can see. You know, we got a comment. We got a comment on our on our uh, on our YouTube channel. I, I got to tell you this. Basically, said um, you guys talk too much. Just talk about the Bible. I was like, okay, no doubt. I was That's like, hey, true. Thanks. Um, but actually, it was a perfect time to, uh, to 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 plug our new show that uh, will be coming out on. I believe it's the seventeenth. Um, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead with your story of the forest. Well. It's beautiful. First of all, I went on, <laughs> my son and I went on this 12 mile hike that. That sounds awful. Well, <laughs> I underestimated <laughs> what it would take. Right. To do, and I survived. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It's called the, if anyone is interested, so it's called the Highline Trail, Highline Trail at Glacier Park or the Highline Loop. It's, it was gorgeous. It's just, we, we ended up starting the hike about two hours after uh, we had originally planned. And by the late afternoon, there's a, a sharp, dis- four miles, you're just descending. And it was just, it had already cooked in that a lot of it is, is rock and it's just, cooked all day right all afternoon and so you're just baking in this heat scrambling eggs on there right yeah oh boy and so uh anyway it was it was great beautiful um and one of the one of my favorite things is i had my new mcketum cd Mm -hmm. and i had that in the car stereo and we were just cranking mcketum while driving through this beautiful country awesome and uh yeah, so anyway, uh, get outside this summer if you can. Go for a hike, even a short hike. Boy, we had such a blessed time up in Ontario. We really did. It was it was a really good time. My dad, you know, it's. I think that people, first of all, it was really hot. And, uh, you know, when you travel sometimes, you don't feel so good. And, and I was I was dealing with a little bit of that. So I, w- I was afraid that the people thought I was, uh, you know, not not interested or whatever. Uh, you know, since I, uh, since I edit my dad's lectures, because uh, I do all the video and audio editing, editing currently at Torah Resource. Um, and so since I edit all of them, I usually don't, you know, I'll usually do other things while my dad's teaching because I'm going to have to listen to, not have to, I get to listen to my father's lectures. He did five lectures on the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, I, I will listen to those probably two or three times before they're actually released. And I've already listened to parts of them already. In fact, uh, for those who are uh, supporters of, of Messiah Matters, um, I've already posted on Messiah Matters more. I've already posted my um, my Saturday lecture. Uh, Have we left the church? And then um, I'm I've just been editing this morning, just beginning and endings of my uh, of my uh, doctrines of grace uh, uh, lectures. Now we knew that we were going with some some controversial uh, topics, and um, which is fine. I don't think that there's any problem with that, and and I don't think that people there had a problem with it either. Um, my father's talks. It was interesting because on Shabbat we gave three lectures, my, and then my dad also spoke on the Torah portion, which was really short, but. Um, we gave three lectures on uh, on Shabbat, and mine was on, uh, titled "Have We Left the Church?" It was very well received, and uh, my father's teachings on the Holy Spirit that day were also very well received. And then there there were other people besides just the the congregation that hosted us, and so uh, it was nice to meet some some other people as well. And uh, there were a couple people that I could tell were not very happy with the with the Sunday lectures. I spoke on the doctrines of grace, and I I know that th- those are always uh, you know th- that's always a touchy subject. You talk about Calvinism, and you're gonna—I mean, you're gonna—especially if you—if you agree with it—in the Hebrew roots of Messianic movement, and even in Christian circles, you're gonna have troubles pretty much all the time. Anytime you talk about the doctrines of grace, but because of the the uh, the, the people that were there were just fantastic, and uh, and uh, so even even in the disagreement, we had some really good and. I'm not saying that the, that the group that hosted us disagreed or anything like that, but you know, you're always going to have some people that that uh, aren't you know aren't going to just accept hook, line, and sinker, which is awesome. That's how it should be. Um, but we because of that, it actually sparked some really good conversation on Sunday night around the dinner table. Um, people 
they wrote down their, their questions and put them in a box. And actually, check this out. These are the questions that we didn't get to. So we're going. my father and I are going to sit down um, sometime, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to go through all the questions that we didn't get to, and we're going to record them and make them available. So I'm not sure where we're going to make them available. Uh, certainly the people that were at the, uh, at the conference and or the people who uh, have access to the recordings will certainly be able to uh, obviously watch those. I've been thinking about doing a Q&A series. We get a lot of Q&As that we record, but we never actually publish them. So it'd be interesting to do a Q&A series. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm reading in the chat room. Anyway, um, so it was, uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a really blessed time. We had a great time. And then actually, I got to say, I, I, I don't think I told anybody this yet, but uh, the, the hotel that they put us up in uh, on Sunday night into Monday morning was just very nice. It was very nice. It was a. Uh, it was. It was a nice. It was so nice. That, you know, my dad and I were able to have some dinner down in the uh, lounge. It was about ten o'clock, and and uh, just a fantastic restaurant. Uh, you know, they had they had really good beer on tap, and then uh, just a really uh, relaxing place to be able to to um, to spend the night before we traveled home. And by the t- you know we woke up at one a.m. West Coast time to get home, and then. It was. I was pretty tired. I was beat all day. I'm still. Uh, I'm still injecting coffee into my body to try to <laughs> to wake up. So, okay. Well, and uh, and so yeah. Look for those because I have a feeling that we'll be. Um, well, I've been doing nonstop editing since we got back because I realized that uh, as I was, uh, you know, transferring audio files and video files and everything, I realized I have the whole 2017 audio lectures from camp that I haven't released yet. Um, so I'm putting those all together and those should be available soon as well. And, um, yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, so I teased a little bit of the new show that's coming out on our Messiah Matters by Torah Resource YouTube page. Here's what's been going on. And and I suppose now is the first time that we'll plug it. And uh, I'm going to try to plug it as much as possible. You'll see things online and whatnot. My father, Tim Hag, teaches every Shabbat at Beit Hillel, the congregation in Tacoma, and those are recorded by the congregation, and they are all stored on a hard drive. And uh, so I asked the uh, congregation if it would be okay if I got my hands on those. They said yes, and they gave me uh, the teachings for the past, I think I'm at four years now. Well, before my father started the parashahs, he was doing a study in... um, uh, first and second Peter. So I have some of those as well. But what we're going to do is every every Friday I'm going to put out, and it's not going to exactly correspond with uh, with the readings that are going on on Saturdays, unfortunately, because I don't actually have enough to to post uh, that way yet. Um, but every uh, Friday in the morning you will see a new. We'll ha- I'm going to rearrange some of the uh, some of the different uh, categories on our on our uh, YouTube page. And then uh, you'll be you'll see that as one of the new shows that comes up. So that's going to start on the morning of uh, August seventeenth, which is a Friday, and you'll be able to see uh, teaching. So basically, we're going to have two shows uh, on our YouTube page. We'll have two shows a week, which will be uh, t- uh, uh, teaching on the parasha, one of the parashas, um, and then uh, Messiah Matters. So, and we've actually talked about adding a third show as well to all that. So I'm not sure if we're going to do that yet or not, but um, I. I know that this will be a good series because uh, I'm the one who's edited all of it. And so um, I would encourage everyone. My father's a much better teacher than I am and um, is very knowledgeable. So it's always really fun to uh, to hear him speak. And I would encourage everyone to check that out. Get the reminders. Okay. So let's see here. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about last week's call-in show? You missed a good one. Oh, well, oh I've heard about it. <laughs> Oh, so lessons learned. The very first thing that I learned from last week's call-in show was we're not ever going to do a call-in show unless we have a full control room. Um, it's too hard to produce a show and try to, you know, try to produce a show and, uh, and talk at the same time. And for those who didn't listen live, uh, so, you know, we got, we had some, we had profanity that was dropped on air <laughs> that had to be edited out. So, um, all in all, it was really nice to have my dad on. 
that's always good. It's always nice to have my dad come on the show. And actually, that's another one that I thought another. Uh, that's the other show that we're considering is trying to get my dad on air for a half an hour or an hour each week. Um, so that would be fun as well. So, yeah, but all in all, we missed you, man. Yeah, I watched. I went back and watched it, um, <laughs> and uh, there were a couple glitches, but it was great to have you know to to try that format of the call. So. Um, so are we talk? We need to. Are we going to listen to the guy who said you guys just need to start talking about the Bible? No. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> hey, look. Here's the thing. Uh, you know. Okay, look. I've I've gotten I've gotten a lot of calls from a lot of people who have said things like I love like- <laughs> I love your show. And, and you, you, there's two kinds of people that, that in this vein of 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 commenters. There's people who call and say I love your show, but. And then there's people who call and say, I love your show. I want to do, I want to do it. So can you please let me know how you, how you do this show so I can make my own oh, right. like, show on right. YouTube. And both those are, are great to hear because we have had people who have commented on how we need to change the show. We've actually changed the show drastically because of people's comments. We have, we've modified it. We've here. modified a lot. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the old format of, uh, the Robin Caleb show. There's there's subtle differences, but uh, but the tone of the show is a lot different because of those subtle differences. And so we have listened to people, and we we appreciate those. Um, but sometimes it's like, oh, you guys talk too much. Well, it's a talk show, first of all, and second of all, you know, uh, it is what it is. If you don't like it, then there's plenty of other shows. Actually, that's one of the reasons that you, uh, we're going to put my dad's teachings on the parish up. If you don't want to listen to us y- yammer on about nonsense, then uh, go listen to my dad. You know, um, so there's that. But and, and then the people who want to try to replicate it, I'm all for that. If you want to try to do uh, this, something like this, it's not as easy as it looks. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and uh, and a lot of money. Honestly, it takes a ton of money to do what we're doing, believe it or not. So, um, yeah. Go for it. I, I actually have a list of all of the programs and all of the uh, software and all of the uh, different services that we use to produce this show and how much they cost. And I think some people, when I send it, I just send it to people. I'll send it to people all they want. And uh, I've price listed all out and everything, what we what we spend. And I think that it's kind of shocked some people uh, what it took to get this show up and running. So anyway, you're more than welcome to try. Um, but really, the, the hardest part is what? We know this. We know this. Hands down, the hardest part of the show is well, content. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that content is, it's difficult, but it's also a joy. I mean, it's right. it's a labor of love because obviously the Word of God is the most important thing for us in terms of, you know, things in this world, you know, things that, uh, and the Word of God is right up there along with uh our families, etc., and so, um, and we are grateful for this opportunity to be aids or helps, you know, for people as they study on their own, right. um, in their own learning, their own scholarship. And but it, it's not always easy, and it, it um, we have to select the topics, of course, and then um, and you know, pretty much most topics we have. Opinions on right, Caleb. I mean, we we pretty much say you know this is this is we we take a position. Right. You know, I I I talk to a lot of people that they're kind of like, well, I'm not really sure what I think about this, and they're in a space of exploration or you know uh, comparative. You know, look at this guy says this, this guy says this, and I I'm not sure, and so they're okay staying in that kind of. I don't know if I trust anybody, so I'm just going to live in some uncertainty. We don't take that approach. Right. We we say, you know, for the most part, there might be a few things that we will just say, well, we just don't know, you know, but. Or or having to recant, right? There's been several times where I've had to come on air and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Recently, right? Helen actually called me out on the idea of new commandments, and that was worded wrong. 
My point, my point stayed the same, but but it, I worded it incorrectly. So I mean, you know, you got to be willing to come at, come back and say no, that was that was not right. Okay, let's let's actually get to some more important things now that we've okay. hammered on long enough. Rob's going to Trinidad. That should be fun, and your mind is fully engrossed in Galatians. Galatians, yeah. fun times. Okay. Yeah, Galatians um, is one of the most, you know, the more I've talked to people, even locally, because on Shabbats, we're, we took seven weeks this summer, and so we, this last Shabbat was week five, so we have two more weeks of Galatians. So we did one chapter a week for six weeks, and then the seventh week will be kind of a recap. And sometimes it goes an hour and a half, two hours, maybe, I don't know, our discussion. And, uh, you know, people who are out there whether they're interacting on Facebook or interacting with other people in the Christian world, they get hit with quotes from Galatians as to why, why messianic or whatever you call it, why keeping the Shabbat or whatever is wrong. Right. Um, so Galatians is one of those misunderstood verse, uh, 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 books of the Bible, and understandably so because of the translation history. Um, and I just say, you know, I I take it very seriously. It was one of the motivators for me learning Bible languages was this kind of issue. You know, mm-hmm. you get to it, you get to a point. It's like, hmm, I, I I'm either going to have to stay and be happy with, you know, a little bit of uncertainty, or I'm going to have to do some hard work and learn some languages so I can grow and and actually begin to form my own opinion uh, about what the Bible does and does not say, right? I mean, that, you know, that's uh, it was interesting. Uh, an it, it, important thing. Anyway, so I, when, when I'm teaching through Galatians, this is not, I'm not just teaching from a translation. I've, I've read Galatians many, many times in Greek. I've taught through it in Greek in our second year Greek class. Uh, at least two times, if not uh, three. Now, granted, we only usually get to through chapter three or four because, and by then the quarter's over. But the point is, it's not, uh, it's not uh, just re- me responding to translations, right? right. This is uh, right. pretty, pretty uh, in-depth. Orient uh, orientation that I have with this epistle, which I think is one of the most awesome. <clears throat> fiery epistles that we have in the Bible. <clears throat> but it's understandable why people uh, misinterpret it. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Hey, hang on just a sec. Paul, Paul said this numerous times in the chat room now, <coughs> and I don't remember this at all. He said that you called Paul mad. He says, Rob did, bro. Then the next video, he said, the curse of the law wasn't broken but if you accept Messiah, is it is once, uh, once off though. Sorry, I've been battling. A, uh, I got battling a cough since I got back, so uh, I had to mute my mic there for a sec. I missed what what you were saying. So he said uh, this. The Paul in the chat room says that you called Paul mad. Not mad like crazy. Yeah, I know. I I. Yeah, find the show because I don't remember that first of all. And well, so, I would and, say and he's he's he is he has a strong sense of urgency. Yeah, he's angry, and he's he is not holding any punches. Right, exactly. When he says, you, you know, you foolish, not mad Galatians. like crazy though. And this is this is right up there with Yeshua calling the scribes and Pharisees, you know, brood of vipers, right, or uh, wolves in sheep clothing. And is that what you're call, like talking that. about, Paul? Or are you talking about something like mad like crazy? Because I, I I know that that was never said. Uh, he said, "He says, and then the next video, you said that the curse of the law wasn't broken, but if you accept Messiah, it is once off, though. I don't know what that yeah. means. You know what? In that situation, if you could find the actual clip, you know, right? With the exactly, because I, I, I can't speak to a paraphrase of a quote that I don't even know what the context right. was. Exactly, words are usually chosen pretty. But uh, in terms of cur- curse of the law, is super important." Um, if you want to read Daniel chapter 9, Daniel's in exile, and he's basically saying the curses of the Torah of Moses are on us because we've sinned. And uh, and the end of Deuteronomy, of course, talks about the blessings and the curses, uh, and, and that's an important background for part of what 
where Paul's coming from in Galatians. Well, temporal curses of the law are still implemented, right? No doubt. And not only that, the fact that the curse of the law is uh, that the wrath of God, as Paul puts it in Romans, in Romans, says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. This is the the curse of the law. Uh, means that the covenant is still enacted, right? In other words, the, the the curses is part of the covenant just as much as the blessings. We can't have the blessings of the covenant and say we're in the blessings of the covenant unless the covenant is still standing. I think that in the might... same way we can't say the curse of the law are 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 uh, manifest unless the covenant is is standing. It's the covenant that upholds and defines these things. When we talk about curse of the law, though, I think most people are thinking of what Paul says in Romans, right? That we're no longer under the curse of the law. This is talking about the curse of the the sin. This is talking about sin. The consequence, the condemnation is the condemn, yeah, uh, the consequence of sin, right. as outlined in the covenant terms. Certainly the right? Messiah took, took, he, he took care of the curse of the, of the law for believers, for those who would believe when he nailed our sins to the cross. There's no doubt about that. But the idea that the temporal curses of the law, in other words, if, if Israel rejects God and goes after others, they will, they will uh, be exiled from the land and they will not be, uh, ex- you know, these, these things are still happening. Right. So, I mean, the, the temporal, as in the, world, the, the worldly uh, uh, aspects of the law, still apply today. What's interesting, though, is that within the Hebrew roots and the Messianic movement, what you have is you have people who try to apply those curses, those blessings and curses to other nations like America or, you know, I don't know, uh, other nations in general. If, if you live in a nation, um, you know, and you're a believer, you usually think that uh, the, the I've, I shouldn't say usually there have been people who have just assumed that the curses and the blessings of the of the law apply to their nation as well. That's not the case. We don't see that anywhere anywhere in scriptures okay um we got this question this is actually an interesting question and it goes a little something like this i've been watching some of your shows on messiah matters and i have a pre and i appreciate the material that you guys discuss i would just like to see your view on the trinity and deity of yeshua i know you guys have spoken on these before we have spoken on these before my father actually um uh, he spoke on the uh, personage of the Holy Spirit in Ontario. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and so I think that uh, uh, I think that once that comes out, that'll be nice to be able to point people to. Anyway, um, they go on. My study on the whole thing has kind of left me with more questions than answers, as it tends to do for a lot of people, right? Including myself. When When this show started out, I was... I was really having troubles with, and the Lord was very gracious to uh, to put good teachers and, and uh, people around me who who could uh, help me help me wade through these things. Do you believe that Yeshua and Yahweh are co-equal and co-eternal? Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Yes, as was decided at the Council of Nicaea. Or do you guys hold to the Father being greater than the Son, as Yeshua himself states, and that he in fact was the firstborn of creation? First of all. There's a lot going on in this question. The idea that Yeshua, that the Father is greater than the Son, I mean, this is actually dealt with specifically in the Scripture. He did not find, he did not think uh, it necessary to retain his position as God, but humbled himself as a servant, taking the likeness of a man. Right. This is in Titus. So, in other words, he didn't. Well, that should be. That sounds like Philippians. Yeah, no, you're me, right. It, you're right. It's one of those. It's one of the doctor. It's one of the. Uh, it's one of the confessions of faith. Anyway, the fact that, that uh, Yeshua, uh, he didn't fi- think it necessary. Somebody in the chat room, help me out. Where's uh, where's my where's my reference? Um, okay. And then this other passage that is brought up. Um, or do you guys hold to the Father being greater than the Son, as Yeshua himself states? And that he, in fact, was the firstborn of creation. Okay, let's real, go. To- real quick, before you, <clears throat> it's like, do you, <laughs> the way that, I'm not saying saying they intended this, right? But it's like, do you, do you, do you disagree with what Yeshua says here, right? Well, the and then what's what's this- interesting? What's interesting about this is that the one reference they give to. <laughs> The one reference that they give to the view of uh, 
co-equal and co-eternal is not biblical, but as they decided at the Council of Nicaea. So in other words, a man's council. Or do you believe what Yeshua said? <laughs> You're right. The way that the... Uh, uh, the the way that the question is posed is like, do you believe the, what the Bible says? Do you says? agree with Yeshua or not? Right, exactly. Yeah. So what we need to say is we got to look at all of Scripture and we have to try to... Uh, scripture yeah. informs Scripture. You can't take one piece of Scripture and just say that this is... I mean, and uh, you know, this, ha- this, ha- this happens with the um, free will versus doctrines of grace debate as well, right? Um. I had a really interesting conversation after my after my lectures in Ontario with a gentleman who who was very very uh, adamant that I was totally out to lunch on the doctrines of grace, and that was fine. Our conversation, though, kind of you know, I think that he didn't realize how much his his position proved my point. He had a couple of scriptures that he was working with, but um, you know, we can all cherry pick different um, different passages out, and if we do that, then we can make the scriptures basically say whatever we want. The point is, is that we have to take scripture as a whole. And this, I think one of the reasons that this, uh, that, that people in the Hebrew roots and messianic movement today are starting to give up more and more on, um, on, you know, uh, sola scriptura in terms of 66 books is because they don't know how to reconcile. They need certain scripture to be more important than others. Um, so, anyway, um, you know what I just realized, though? I forgot to put up our pr- producer credits. We'll do it now while we continue to talk. So, let's, let's go to, this, um, let's go to this, this passage. So, the reference here, the firstborn of... Well, I wonder, are we greater than Yeshua? If Yeshua, it says Yeshua, Yeshua says he came not to be served, but to serve. Right. And the greatest among you will be the least. Right. Is Yeshua the greatest, or is he the least? Are we greater than Yeshua? No, we're definitely not greater than Yeshua. So we need to, obviously, context will help us understand these things. Right. Okay, let's go go back to the the question at hand. So obviously this reference to the firstborn of creation is a reference to Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Let's read it. He is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Yeshua. So he is the image of the invisible God. Actually, it's really interesting that this person brings this passage up to try to say that Yeshua is not deity. Because this is one of the passages that I think clearly shows his deity. Anyway, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is the uh, passage that would... And actually, let's read just read the, uh, the rest of this person's comment real quick because it kind of explains where they're coming from. Or do you guys hold to the Father being greater than the Son, as Yeshua himself states, and that he, in fact, was the firstborn of all creation, first created being by the Father, thus not always existing like the Father, and then through him all things were created and by him. Right, so the idea is that there was a time when Yeshua was not. Right. right. That, that's in the impl- uh, that he was what, born, he, that I'm he was hearing born. this question. Um, is the, the person asking the question is imagining that there, like we have this chronology of time, there was a time where Yeshua was not. Right. So right. Let's, let's read the passage then. He, and he, I just start off, we, we reject that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absol- yeah, okay. Absolutely reject that. Um, so it says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the ecclesia. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him, all the fullness of God was, uh, was pleased to dwell or the fullness of deity is actually what the Greek says, was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Okay, so um, this, first of all, the idea of the firstborn of all creation is not saying that he was created. The firstborn son uh, is given what? The birthright. Right, this, said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. The idea is, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the the point is, is that when it says that he's the firstborn of all creation, it means that he gets everything. He gets the birthright of the Father, and it and in this passage, 
I believe it's in 20. It might be in 19. It says this. It says, For in him all the fullness of of deity was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. He gets the birthright. This has nothing to do with him being created. It means that he is the one who inherits everything from the Father. And why? Because, just as I, I had said, um, he was he was willing. He he didn't think it a thing to retain uh, his his position as God, but emptied himself and came in the form of a servant. And because and and because of that, he's given. That's Philippians two. That thank one. you, Philippians yeah. two. Yes, and because of that, he's given he's given uh, the birthright of everything. He, everything the kingdom's given back to him. He's elevated and he's glorified. Right. They, this person goes on and says, actually, this is, an int- this is interesting how they go on. Are they the same or separate in deity? As Yeshua says, he sits at the right hand of the Father. Was the Yahweh of the Old Testament in bodily form actually Yeshua because the Bible says no one has seen the Father? And they can't be the same as the Bible says only the Father knows when the second coming will take place, not even the Son. Well, I think that the Son didn't know until he was glorified. And he was glorified after his resurrection. And his ascension, he was glorified and put at the right hand of the Father. Um, there's clearly two thrones in <clears throat> in the heavenly throne room in Daniel. <clears throat> this has actually been a problem for the rabbis, right? Rabbis don't know why there are two thrones or have, have trouble trying to explain why there are two thrones in the throne room of the heavenly places. I think it's quite simple. Daniel's, Daniel's seeing the, uh, the throne of the Father and the throne of the Son side by side. Any more on that? No, uh, I th- it, you know, we've come back to this kind of point again and again. And so I understand that there's people who maybe haven't heard our earlier shows on that we talk about deity of Yeshua. It's something um, that's important, but, though. But it is true that today, Sat, there are people who just want to affirm, you know, Yeshua is just a man. Um, and we see it more and more. Yeah, which is, which is uh, like he's just a good teacher or, or he's just a good rabbi. You know, he's just... Uh, right, you know, right. He's just a Jewish rabbi, and he's a teacher and a prophet. Um, now, I, I saw that you uh, go, keep going. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, sorry, go for I it. Wasn't really. I was uh, just making some general comments. You you sent something to me though. You sent me a link earlier today, which I put in the show notes. Um, and oh, about the Pope. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, the Pope. Um, is uh well one one article i posted this on our facebook page from the new catholic reporter um he changed he has changed the catechism of the catholic church to make clear the church's opposition to the death penalty so the pope is anti-death no matter what he believes it's it's morally wrong it doesn't matter if if someone committed the most heinous brutal uh, heartless murder. The idea is that to put that person to death is against the dignity of the individual. This is interesting then. So then because the, ho- the hope is that you should keep that person alive as long as you can and hope that they'll come to repentance. And I'm like, this is, uh, this is crazy. But this shows how how left how you know the Catholic Church is gone, and then I think about those you know Messianic Jewish groups that are in with the Catholic Church, and I'm like, what? So I guess the question that I would have is, how do you okay? And I I know that Mormonism believes and teaches that progressive revelation can contradict former revelation. So in other words, this is the how. This is how Joseph Smith can come along and contradict the Bible. If you ever read Joseph Smith's comments on Matthew 5.17 and following, they're very interesting because basically in his comments, he says, this is how the, this is how the law is done away with. <laughs> so that was always one of my, my things. You know, I had a, I had a KJV Mormon, you know, the a Mormon KJV Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to his comments and show them, look, he, he directly contradicts what the Messiah says. Right here on the same page, you have a contradiction from from uh, Joseph Smith, and they would say, "Well, it's progressive revelation." So, in other words, progressive revelation can change former revelation. 
Now, I never thought. Now, I know that the that the um, Catholic Church believes in the authority of the magisterium and the Pope, for that matter. And but and and I also know that throughout history, the, the magisterium and the Pope have um, battled over power. In other words, at times certain popes have said that the magisterium has authority, and at other times the Pope has said no, all authority goes through the Pope. At least that's how I've understood it. Um, but do, but does. Catholicism currently believe in progressive revelation that can supersede previous revelation? Well, I I am not a scholar of Catholic things, so I, I can't speak in any uh, detail on that from personal knowledge. But, but boy, this is just, uh, uh, this is, you know, the this is against the Bible, I think. Right. Now well, and, and, and it's that, true. It's true that there is no biblical authority right now. In, in other words, there's no, um, you know, Yeshua has not. There is no king kingdom of Israel right now on the planet where you've got a flesh and blood descendant of the King of David, uh, right of King David, etc. Even even if they didn't believe in Yeshua, um, but to say that the nations of the world, that it's wrong for them to, to try uh, criminals and have the death penalty as an option, to me, um, is, to, is pretty crazy. To, to, Especially to, under this idea that w- w- the resources involved, and I know there's a lot of a lot of issues involved with, sometimes they, I think, in, in some calculations, it costs more to convict and give a death penalty sentence, right? And then actually go through all the you know legal hoops, and then actually perform the execution than it does to feed and house a criminal, you know, the murderer for for the rest of their life, right? That it's actually a greater cost on on society to to actually put someone to death just in terms of dollars, which is crazy but um and i i know that we in the u.s we have a sadly you know it's not a perfect system i know that uh our system has sometimes put to death uh people who are innocent and we've let free people who are guilty right so there's um it's absolutely not perfect i'm not my pushback against this is not that we have a perfect system right but um, to, to, well, to, okay. Uh, take America out of it, though. I mean, in in terms of what the Pope is saying, if if the death penalty is no longer, um, if it's evil or cruel in some way now, what that means is that the Pope is saying that God's holiness has changed. This is a huge problem. God does not change, and the Bible says this. That God well, does it, not change. But the idea, don't, don't, don't you think the Pope's argument is <clears throat> mercy is is giving somebody as much possible time. To repent, yeah, actually, so somebody told me somebody belief told me, that that the dignity of the soul <laughs> that the person can be restored. So, so, so somebody told me recently that um, a prominent teacher in um, the messianic world who uh, does a lot of Facebook live streams, I think every day actually, that he believes that um, one of the things that changed in the law, even though he believes that the law is still enacted today, one of the things that changed in the law was when when Yeshua died on the cross, he did away with the death penalty. Now, I haven't confirmed that to be uh, uh, this this teacher's belief or not, <clears throat> but I'm not. I, I I don't know how you can sustain that. Yeshua comes back and Wait, he slaughters. Did away with the death penalty? Yeah, I don't under, I don't understand that. He nailed death to the cross. Okay, hang on just a sec. I want to go to this is a, a comment in the chat room that was asked to be addressed. Okay, are you familiar with? Nestorianism, Nestorian, Nestorianism. Oh, Nestorians, yeah. Walter Martin yeah. Is, is in a debate said he believed in what is called incarnational sonship, as opposed to eternal sonship. And then he says, "How can he come from the Father if he was not first with the Father, and humbled himself? That would kill any incarnational sonship. That eliminates the eternal sonship." I'm not sure I quite understand the question, to be honest with you. I'm sure it was probably stated correctly and, and eloquently, but I'm not familiar exactly with that um, 
he goes on. It's, it's yeah. Well, it is the Nestorians are a, were a uh, okay. Hang on, a Syriac he, he, yeah, he, speaking he, church. He goes on. He says it is the belief that the Messiah was not the Son, but was the Word before he became the Son after the incarnation. This was taught by Saint Theodore of Maxuestia, who taught Nestorius. Um, yeah, so I've actually, the one thing, the only, I'm not well versed in this at all, so I don't want to, uh, speak outside of church and, and try to, try to say that, uh, you know, I know what I'm talking about here, but the one thing I can tell you is that I've often wondered, and I am pretty convinced that the only reason that there is, uh, that, that biology in and of itself works as a father son relationship is because the father and son, uh, eternally before time existed as father son. They did, and I believe they exist like that, and we were created like that to understand more about who God is, if possible, if the human mind can. However, the incarnation in and of itself is a mystery. How can God come in the form of a man? Right. I I, I don't think that that can ever be explained, and I think one of the problems that we continue to try to how do can, how is can explain how can a, a human say come all come unto me all who labor and are heavy, heavy laden and I will give you rest. Right. Or be, unless you believe in me, you will have no life. I mean, yeah. And then how can how can just a, a man die for the sins of all the elect of more than? Yeah, there's there's a lot of issues that that uh, come. And then um, we just have the clear scriptures where Yeshua is addressed as God. Right. You know. Yeah, like like uh, Thomas was it? Thomas is my Lord, my God, right? And uh, in the epistles, I think in Peter and in Paul. Well, Acts. Uh, uh, my yeah. my buddy, my my buddy from uh, Beit Hillel, he he was he was waxing boldly on on the deity of the Messiah in in a group, and he said, "Oh, just like Acts twenty, and I forget what verse it is. I think it's in its twenties or thirties or something." He said, uh, you know, Caleb, <laughs> and I was, I thought, oh no, <laughs> I don't actually know. But then he, he, we looked it up and now it's been one that I've been, tr- I've been trying to, uh, lock into the, uh, into the, into the brain where it says that he is our God and because of his blood, we are saved. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a really good one. And then Joseph in the chat room says, how many, how many capital sins in Torah, <laughs> how many capital sins are there in Torah? Well, um. Good question. I don't know, but I can tell you that there's, I think that there's only two capital sins in Torah that require burning instead of a different form of dying. There's two, there's two, two sins in the Torah that require a person to be, uh, burned to death, which is like, and that's, I think one of the reasons that, uh, in Judaism, you don't burn a body. It's like the worst of the worst, right? A lot of good conversation going on. You know, we didn't have a whole lot. To be honest with you, this show is probably going to end very quickly before the before an hour is done. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about today because I've been gone, um, you know, in Ontario, and uh, that was really great. We will have the lectures up. My, I think my father's will go up in, in that uh, on that page too. Um, so on the Messiah Matters More page. So um, there should be a lot of good content to go through uh, for our supporters. Um, in Messiah Matters More. Anyway, uh, good conversation. Lots going on in the chat room. Anything else you want to talk about, Rob? It's kind of a shorter show today, eh? I come back from uh, uh, Canada with a uh, uh, hockey jersey and uh, yeah, vocabulary. Like eh? That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was really that was really sweet uh, that I they mean, did that. This group, they knew what they were doing, man. My wife, I'm in the air. Alaska Airlines now gives uh, lets you text from above 10,000 feet for free. Which is oh. nice. Yeah, very nice. So I was uh, texting my wife while I was in the air, and she uh, she texted me and said, on the way to the uh, to to the conference, she she said, thank them for uh, the flowers. And I said, thank who for what flowers? She said, thank the congregation for the flowers. They sent a beautiful bouquet of flowers to to me. So they sent them both to my mom and to my <clears throat> to my wife since we were Aww. since we were leaving for the weekend. So it was uh, very 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 nice. Um, yeah, yeah, very good. Anyway, um, anything else you want to say before we go? I know we've only been on, on air for about 50 minutes. Lots of uh, technical difficulties today. We got a lot to do. I'm trying to get a lot of stuff out. Don't forget, by the way, that my father's book comes out, um, on the commentary on the, on the, uh, Joe 
Henine Epistles comes out on the 14th, I believe it is, maybe the 15th. And uh, keep an eye on our Facebook on the Tor Resource. This is Tor Resource, not Messiah Matters. On the Tor Resource Facebook, if you don't like the Tor, if you don't uh, follow the Tor Resource Instagram or uh, Twitter, you should do it now because we will be giving away a book um, probably today, tomorrow, and the next day. Uh, to some one person on our Facebook page, one person on our Instagram feed, and one person on our Twitter feed. So, so uh, how many have been given away already? Two on the Colin show. Yeah, oh yeah, the Colin show. That's right. Willie and then Andre. Andre. Did Andre get one? Andre got one. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, and those will be given away in the next week. Actually, I think they'll be given away today, tomorrow, and so today will probably be the cool. Facebook one. Either that, or we'll do tomorrow will be Facebook. And then Friday will be Twitter, and then uh, Monday will be Instagram. So you know, we're not exactly sure yet how we're going to do it. That's the problem, is that we're trying to figure out how to give away books on so social. So keep, keep uh, in tune, and people have an opportunity. Yeah, that's great. So Joseph says, what book? The book is uh, Commentary on the Johannine Epistles by my father, Tim Hegg. It's uh, 436 pages. It's a beautiful book, actually. Uh, you know, it's nice having Michael as the graphic arts designer because everything's starting to look real pro now, which is nice. So um, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a good book and a great reference tool. And so I'm pumped that he's doing Ephesians now. I'm pushing for First Corinthians when he's done with Ephesians, but we probably got a good year or two before he's done with Ephesians. So um, anyway. All right. Well, I think that's it for our time today. Um, good discussion. And join us next week. Let's see here. We do have a show next week. Are we are we going to skip any shows at all? Oh, yeah. Camp. When I'm at camp and uh, Rob will be just getting back from Trinidad. So so we'll miss that show. And uh, but but we'll, we'll I think we'll have most of our shows um, around that time uh, that will still air, even though you're going to Trinidad. Right. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, so. in the chat room. Really good to see everybody there. And uh, thanks, everybody, in Ontario for such a great conference. We had such a good time. And uh, we hope that even though this show has been short, that it has done one thing. And, and laden is, with some technical difficulty. That's right. It has glorified our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah, because Messiah matters. Messiah matters.